Hype Beast and Hype Radio. I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. How is it possible that we have journeyed through 50 episodes of The Business of Hype? This literally started out as a joke over dinner with Kevin Ma of Hypebeast at NoHo Star. Let's try three episodes, we both said, because honestly, neither of us knew how this would turn out. And damn, here we are, winding into our 50th episode and sixth season. You know, the first three test episodes and this episode today are very indicative of what the business of hype is really all about. So episode one, Hiroshi Fujiwara from Tokyo, the godfather of it all, my mentor, my friend, I had to start at the genesis with him. And don't forget, that episode was recorded out in Dubai. Number two was Sarah Andelman, recorded in her hometown of Paris, the queen of retail curation and founder of Colette. And number three, Aaron Levant, recorded in Los Angeles during his literal last day at the Agenda and Complex show as he embarked upon his new venture network. So who better to bring on for number 50? Where better to record? Why not bring it back home and record this special episode literally footsteps away from where it was birthed right in New York City over that fateful dinner? And why not bring on the self-proclaimed King of New York? This man embodies the entire podcast and our celebration of the artist, the entrepreneur, the hustler, the brand builder, the creative genius all rolled into one. Spend any amount of time on Instagram and you will probably see his face. Load up your favorite playlist and you'll probably hear his voice. Click through any best dress list and you will probably notice his fits. And if you walk into any top tier sneaker shop, you will probably see his creations. Today's guest has dominated any lane of artistic expression he chooses. And we break down why he is so passionate about art, design, branding, and recently his focus on the importance of working smarter rather than working harder. He transcends the label of rapper and he continues to redefine the very definition of the word artist. So let's get this started. Hailing from Uptown, recorded downtown, ASAP Mob representing please welcome ASAP Ferg to the business of hype. I want to start off first by thanking you for coming to the studio. Thank you for having me, man. Can I got you... a lot of questions for you, too. Okay, let's have a conversation. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> besides, if you could get a pair of pigeon dunks. Yeah, you like I, mean, I mean, it's just other stuff besides that. All right, cool. Um, so first, let's do a proper introduction for people who don't know who you are. And I, I actually wonder how you might introduce yourself. Like if you're sitting on a plane and you're sitting next to a stranger and the woman's like, oh, what do you do for a living? What do right. you say? Who are you? What do you do? I would say I'm the king of New York. <laughs> She'll be like, really? Yeah, I'm the king of New York. And um, she's like, okay, what makes you the king of New York? Um, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. Um, <laughs> Love it. I make music. Some may say I'm a rapper. Some may say I'm an artist. Some may say I'm a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would go to show her some pictures in my phone. And I would say, look at this rug I designed. Look at um, these clothes I designed. I designed all of these clothes on stage. Yeah. Um, look, I just came back from Cognac. I got a Hennessy deal. 
mm-hmm. I would say, um, look, I just signed a Adidas deal for a second time. I have an Adidas deal. <laughs> I would say, look at these sneakers I designed for Adidas. I would say, look at this merch I designed for Adidas. I would say, uh, look, I just had a great event at Apollo last night. I shut down Apollo uh, Damn. with Rev- Revlon. I would tell her, like, look, I'm doing with like- Revlon. Yeah, with Revlon. Uh, I would say, um, I get flown out to Paris to go to fashion shows. <laughs> and I sat at the Elite show front row. And look, I'm really good friends with Matthew. Mm-hmm. And um, he's one of the best designers. I would say, I have a lot of friends that's designers. Like, look at Alexander Wang. This is my friend, too. Word. I would say, oh, um, yeah, and I also make music. And I have a project coming out. It's an EP called Floor Seats, which is dropping 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. Um, I would love for you to hear some of it. And then I will proceed and let her hear some stuff that I have Word. about the drop. Like, unfinished, unmixed, mm-hmm. raw, uncut music that I'm about to release. And then she would say... You are the king of New York. Yes, she would. <laughs> she said, I see. Oh, I see. Why. I see. I believe you I now. I see now. And you're sitting in first class. So, <laughs> yeah, you have to be somebody. Wait, legit though, would you actually do that to somebody? Yes. This is how I talk to people. Wow. This is how I meet people. Like, you know, I, I never really, um, when, I'm, when I'm sitting down first class, I, I meet all kinds of people from all walk of life. For real, yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't like jets and stuff like that because you don't really get to meet people. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're sharing a jet. They got right. these things where you... Uh, Net jet type things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool because you meet other rich people and shit. You get to see how they make their money. Uh-huh. But like when you fly in first class, you also can do that. And you also can meet real people. Yeah, exactly. Um, people it's that's flying coach. People, yeah, people like, that's saving their money. Right. Flying coach. Right, right. Um, so I love flying. Um, can I tell you a funny f- flying story? What's up? So I... I don't fly first. I fly business. Okay. <laughs> okay. But one time I got upgraded to first, right? So I'm, I'm stoked. I get, I, I'm up there getting I got comfy. a funny story after okay. that too. So I'm upgraded. I'm in my seat. And then the stewardess comes on. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You have to, we have to put you back in business, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What? The, at the plane door already closed. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Go back to business. Like the plane door closed. Who? Like Who we're done. Coming? Exactly. So she's like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, whatever. I, I'm only going back to business. So it's not the end of the world. Right. So as I'm getting my bags out from the overhead bin, the door opens. Rocky walks in. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, this just motherfucker it. just bumped my ass back down to business. Yeah. And then, of course, the funnier thing is that sitting next to me was like this 70-year-old white lady, like socialite kind of woman, right? She's like, was Rock Martha can't. Stewart? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. She's like, Rock, can't, I can't believe you're on this flight. Come here, give me a hug. I was like, who the, what Why the fuck? Why do you know her? I, know. <laughs> I was like, I'm going back to business. Fuck That's hilarious, shit. bro. Did y'all talk to each other? No, I was so mad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a funny um, first class story. And um, so Marty Baller, he, he like flying with me and all of that. And he used to always try to sneak in first class. How do you sneak in first class? He'd just sit there. Oh, okay, okay. Until they tell him to move. Okay. And like twice they didn't tell him to move. Uh huh. And he like sat in first class, right. had a seat. If in you first sit class. with enough confidence, maybe they'll just be he like, he sat with confidence. Yeah, he yeah. was ask, asking for like champagne and shit. <laughs> right. And um, he like they didn't ask like nobody else came in first class, so he was good. And then I got another story where one of my homies talked a girl. 
into sitting next to him out of her first class seat and coach. Wow. And then Marty got a first class seat because he took her first class seat. Oh my God. That's, that's fucking game. Isn't that's, that game? That's next level if game. If you can make a girl come sit next to you and coach yeah. out of her first class seat. He must be so good looking. <laughs> I'm not going to spill the beans, but <laughs> man. That's amazing. And she was bad too. She was fire. <laughs> that's she incredible was in first game. class, so obviously she had somebody right. with something So let me ask you this. Are you... A designer, artist first, or a musician first? I'm an artist. Artist first. Visual I'm a, artist first. No, no, I'm an artist overall. Like, overall, okay. Yeah, because it's like when I make music, I think about the art. I think about what I'm going to wear in the video. I think about what the stage is going to look like. I think about the actual video. Mm-hmm. So nothing comes without the other uh-huh. because I get dressed to music. Like when I... When I wake up to feel good, like I'm throwing on like uh-huh. disco, you know, chic, yeah, yeah, or like you know, Diana Ross or however I'm feeling, I gotta listen to music and I'm getting dressed to that mm-hmm. shit. And then when I'm creating music, I gotta be dressed to talk about what I got on in the booth. Yeah, like I gotta, right. like I gotta, I come to the studio by myself. I be fresh <laughs> all my chains on everything so i can have motivation yeah. and talk about what's going on in my life and when you're making the music in the studio you're already thinking of the stage and the video yeah i mean when the song is done yeah yes wow okay mm-hmm. out of the out of the major art forms fashion photography musician which one's the hardest in your opinion the most difficult the hardest yeah the hardest would have to be painting. Yeah. Because I don't have time to paint like okay. I want. Mm-hmm. Like I have to really carve out time and I really want to paint. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now for the last like three days, I've been really wanting to paint because I, I, I look at these two paintings I got in my house because I'm starting to collect like all my paintings for an art show. Mm-hmm. So like I got to get one that I did that's at Yam's mom's house and I got to get one um, John Lennon and Yoko painting that I did at Portrait. That that I did at at Rocky's house. That you did. That I did. Wow. Yeah. I would love to see that. So like me looking at my two paintings in my crib mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. I just be like, damn, I wish I had like a bigger collection. Because yeah. they look so good. It's yeah. like all colorful and abstract and dope. Wow. I would I would have said music's the hardest. Nah, music is easy because I can make a beat out of this couch and just rap. Yo, 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 right. money, honey, <laughs> bitches hop on my dick like a bunny. Yeah, like that's easy. That's song. And then hit. it's just recorded <laughs> and it's out. This is about to be out. Right. People could, oh, he said the money, honey, bitches hop on his dick like a bunny. Oh my God. Like, yeah. That's it's true. a song. It's so easy. I'd that argue was in though less that, than half than a second. But I'd argue that you're making it from nothing. Like it's not like you're, you're not even starting with a blank canvas. You got to start with like air. Everything started with air. That's true. Like everything, sneaker design, you know. Yeah. Like um, design, it comes from the oblivion. Like you don't know it just, that's what's like retarded about us. We like, they like, yo, this dude is like a genius, crazy, mad scientist, like crazy dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Girl, like woman, like how do you do that? Right. Make Think of... It's like culinary arts too. Like, 
what makes Marcus Samuelson think about what seasonings to put together to like make something actually taste good? Mm-hmm. Like, how does Melba get her chicken to taste that good? How does <laughs> like Francis Molman know to like cook fish in the dirt pits with fire? Like, it's genius. You just don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. People get creative. They just think thinking about that shit. They like the smell of wood and fire, and be like, "Ooh, what if that was in fish?" Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Right. It's incredible. The King of New York. As you heard, he has so many reasons why that crown is his right now. In today's Slash generation, Ferg is without a doubt one of the best. Gone are the days where inspirations and passions have to be singular. It's now perfectly normal, sometimes even celebrated, that someone coming up is a freelance stylist, a DJ at night, paints on weekends, and all while holding down a 9 to 5 to pay the bills. This may seem like a lot for some, but with the moves Ferg's been making, he's blazing a path to show that you absolutely should exercise your creativity. All of them. There doesn't need to be a single label that you operate in anymore. I also really appreciate Ferg's outlook on creating. You can start anything from scratch, literally out of thin air, no matter what the medium is. The actual idea comes from the light bulb in your head that suddenly turns on once a curiosity or inspiration is sparked. Talking with Ferg shows me that a lot of great ideas start out with the simplest moments. Your job as the creator is to just keep a lookout for them and do everything you can to make them come to fruition. Why is it that all musicians want to be fashion designers and they want to be like artists in that way? What, what is the infatuation there? What, all, what, what musicians want to be fashion designers? Kanye. But Kanye went to art school. Okay. So he's an artist first. Rocky. Um, Rocky's not a designer. He just likes to get dressed. Okay, that's true. I'm a designer. <laughs> I went to art school. You I went did. to art and design high school. Not for music, for Not art for, and design. For art and design. Like okay. I took a sewing class. Wow. Yes. I went to for fashion and fine arts. So how'd you get into My this? father went to art and design high school as well. I heard. Yes. Is it true that your father designed the Bad Boy logo? Yes. That's insane. And the Uptown Cats logo for Andre Harrell. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Wait, and one more logo. A big one. The Ferg logo. Yeah, that's big, but yeah, <laughs> another another legendary the one. That one. I What's took the other one? The world. <laughs> Bad boy. What was the other one he did? Uptown Cats. That was the only two. Rough Riders. Nah, he didn't do Rough Riders. Oh, okay, he worked with the Rough Riders. Okay, DNY's family, like Swiss Beats family. So design and art was in your life forever. Yeah. I I grew up seeing the Bad Boy screen. Yeah, like <laughs> in your like, face and the the silk screen. Like my father used to do silkscreen T-shirts, and he used to we used to call them the dungeon. It was either like in a basement or like a spot that he got to print T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And I used to see glitter everywhere, be paint everywhere, plastic all paint. It'd be like water base. It'd be like the conveyor belt with the heater and all of that shit. Like <laughs> and smelling like plastic Word. and plastic all cooked paint. And this is what I grew up around, like getting my new shoes messy uh-huh. with crazy shit, seeing glow in the dark prints on sleeves and glitter. And my father had jiggy outfits on with 
Maury gators and paint on his fingernails, bust down watches, Jesus heads with baguettes, driving the bins with like bags of t-shirts from Canal Street. Amazing. You're, you're the only rapper I've ever spoken to that knows the difference. That's my little between... brother right there too, Delhi. What up? Oh, you want you come here, come here, come here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta be extra quiet because this is a a, a podcast. He's an artist as well. His name is 27 Delhi. Close that door, sweetheart. Thank you. Yeah, we were just talking about that, like with the silk screen and... Oh, this is your biological brother? Yeah. That's my brother. That's amazing. Yeah. You're the only rapper I've ever met that knows the difference between plastisol and water-based. So you're legit. You're legit. (laughs) I mean, I did D-Block t-shirts. Really? Yeah, like I printed, like I fucked up a rack of Jada Kiss t-shirts. He'll tell you. (laughs) Like, he come through the block like, yo, little Ferg, I got, like, the this paint still wet. You didn't cure it all the way. Like, all that groovy you used to pull Damn. up through the block. Mike B, I'm printing T-shirts for all of them. I did shirts for Black Rob. I did shirts for Loon. I did shirts like for- Like, hand-pulling these shirts. Yes. This was before, like, um, the automatic machines. Wow. I still own two machines. That's I dope. own uh, one, two, Will- well, mm-hmm. two two head, whatever. two head, yeah. yeah. And I own one six. I, I got a conveyor. <laughs> you have a six head silk screen machine. Yes. Where? At my friend's house in Washington Heights, right in the living room. Shout out to A Butter. <laughs> Yo, let's go. Let's just make some shirts. That sounds I'm fun serious. as hell. Let's do that for real. I'm down. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yo, back then, right? I'll tell you my experience. Back then, like. It was very the subcultures were very separated. Like you had uh-huh. hip hop, you had skateboarding, you had punk rock, and it's like it was very contained. Right. And then something started happening in like the early '90s, late '80s, mm-hmm. where they started to be able to blend together. And to me, that's where street culture was born out of. Facts, Stussy, yeah, Supreme, yep. Even I would argue, Fat Farm. Even though Fat Farm was like quote unquote urban. He hired the Russell hired the right people to make it, you know, like accessible beyond the hip hop community. I used to own fat form denim suits. Yeah, yeah, they were dope. Like that was my graduation from the Gap fat form. Yes, like I'm talking about Gap with like the green patch on the back of the pocket. Uh-huh. Like when the I was old a kid, Gap. yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Gap. yeah. Did you ever fuck with Triple Five Soul? Negative, never. <laughs> okay, ever. you never came that far downtown. Nah, that's that the always, LES thing. That was like. Triple Five Soul just reminded me of like Applejack hats. Interesting. And they they sold it in uh, Urban Outfitters yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just, when I, when I thought about Triple Five Soul, I thought about like Most Def, uh-huh. like Common. De La. De La. So I, I, not that I don't fuck with they fashion because them dudes are some of the flyest guys. Yeah. But I used to, like, I grew up looking at Dipset and like bandana t shirts and like bandanas on Tim's. Fendi checks on my Nikes type mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the shit that I was into yeah. as a kid. Dapper Dan, yeah, yeah, like like Burberry Tims, right? With the Burberry jacket, Prada's patent leather pat- Prada's. That's the dopest thing about New York, right? Because that's we're all on one island. Yeah, but you up there versus like Dela down in Ludlow Street on the Lower East Side, right? Totally different vibes. Totally different vibes. But we we all come together on the music tip. Yeah, and what I think is dope is a lot of them dudes like. Like most deaf, like he was wearing Rick Owens and shit before a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. just quiet about it. Yeah, he was extra quiet. Yeah. What, but Kanye was the first to hang out with the backpack rappers and talk about what he was wearing. 
That's why I fucked with him because he mm-hmm. was hanging out with Dave Chappelle doing a Dave Chappelle block party, bring putting like putting Common on a record, and then putting like Talib Kweli on a record with Jay Z or some shit. Yep, like, yep. He, he was, was the first like one, turning yeah. up like he that he worked that juxtaposition to the max. Yeah, I, that's where I get like that. Um, like a lot of like the trap lord or like Cocaine Castle or Hood Pope. Mm-hmm. That juxtaposition of classy and just like some extra turned up shit. Mm-hmm. The mix. Me being a face for Tiffany's and coming from a hood where we used to have to dodge gunshots and, and shootouts at block parties is like what I seen Kanye doing early on. Yeah. When did the obsession with kicks begin for you? Obsession with kicks? Yeah. When did it start? Was there a shoe that started at all? So I was never allowed to wear dirty shoes, one. From your family? Be because of yeah. your dad? Because of my dad and my mom. <laughs> like, I was never allowed. I never seen dirty shoes. Like, I had three pair of Jordans, like, the same ones. Like, the Bugs Bunny joints, the uh, space straps, gym. yeah, the yeah. eights, the sevens. Like, soon as I would get mad because, like, all right, you killed those. You played tag in those. You, like, you killed those. They got holes in them. Yeah. All, all three of them, you fucked up. And my father would get me some air raids. And then, like, with the whole camouflage outfit, gray and white to match the joints on the feet, mm-hmm. I go to the party. I see all the kids with the Jordan 8s on and shit. I'm like, damn, I want to wear what they wearing, but I'm not knowing what I got on this. You get a fly Extra shit. fucking Hell jiggy yeah. shit, like, because <laughs> nobody got the air raids to right. match the whole camouflage suit. Is, is it opposite now? If you walk into a room with, like, shoes that someone else is wearing, do you just want to leave that room now? <laughs> I mean, I wear classics. I own every pair of sneaker that's like fire. Like yeah. I own every pair of shoe, but I chose to just wear classics. Yeah, you back on some like staples, no pun intended, but like yeah. you're rocking like staples right now. Yeah, like I'm a classic kind of guy. Like I can't do the colorful hair. I can't do like not like I can't do none of that. Like it's just not for me. I wear like I got long sideburns. Mm-hmm. Like that's some old Harlem shit. Like my silhouette is like an old Harlem nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just can't get away from it. I tried to like grow my hair, get freaky with the vibes. Yeah. I can't really get freaky like that. So I stay true to like what's classic. Mm-hmm. I'm a classic man. Like, so when you, I'm a classic man. Yeah. <laughs> but when you go to Paris Fashion Week and you're sitting at Sakai and Comme des Garçons and Rick Owens, how are you? I go as a are- Harlem boy. But then are you like feeding off of something that you're seeing and incorporating into yourself? Because you, you obviously say you can't wear shit like that. I get it. No, I can wear it. I just can't wear crazy hairstyles. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about gear. Nah, I'm talking about hair. Okay. But as far as gear, I could get freaky freaky. You okay. Heard? All right. I get freaky freaky. <laughs> um, in the fashion industry, from what I've known, like the idea of mentorship and like asking for advice and help is difficult. Like a lot of people want to like sort of cock block in a way. You know, it's hard in to fashion. get. fashion? Yeah. Like you, you can't go to like your friend who's a fashion guy and be like, who's your seamstress? Who's your embroiderer? Who's your silk screener? Yes. I can relate to that. In fashion or in music? You feel so funny about asking. Right. Oh, where do you get your t-shirts produced? Yeah. Or like. um, Like you, they don't even own the factory, they, but they're like, like. Where do you get your, your socks and shit? Like. They, they'd be like, oh, you should use Google. Like just yeah. Google sock maker the, and you'll find, the, yeah. you'll find them. <laughs> like, uh, where do you get your denim? Like, are you going to Japan? Or are you going to, mm-hmm. like, L.A. factories? Like, I wanted to ask, is music the same? 
Um, as far as like my sound and like, or asking for help. Do you when you ask for help? Do you because I, I I I I kind of relate my sound like as far as like how I do my ad libs and what I put on my ad libs to make it sound the way it sounds. I don't share that shit. That's mm. like your own seasoning <laughs> that you discover yeah, and you yeah. make yourself like you can't. So I guess like. When you it's your it, bread yeah. and butter, like you, you can't like really share it like that. Right. Because what happens if somebody tell you where they're getting their shit done, the factory and mm-hmm. all of that, and then your business become booming, booming. Mm-hmm. And now like the factory is not even fucking with them no more because your shit is making all the money. Right. And then now they don't answer your phone calls. Exactly. So, so I, I guess it. that's what happens. It's right. like, yeah. <laughs> um. You so say, I respect it. Yeah, okay. Be, and I and I and I respect like going to get the blue magic. Like, let's mm-hmm. go to fucking wherever we gotta go mm-hmm. to like, you know, get that stuff, that raw shit that nobody got. Yeah. Because then like I will have something in, in the treasure that nobody has. Yeah, yeah. You know that brand Visvim? Yes. I love Visvim. Like, so that dude, he goes to the ends of the earth to like get that blue magic. That's what his store feels like. Yeah. When like you go to Alaska. Siberia, whatever the fuck. When I was in Japan, and we was on Visum early, early on. Like I brought a, a this is before I even had like money, money like that. I brought a thousand dollar book bag that I still got to this day. It's all black, but the shit is fire. All black. It's like this uh, Teflon material, and it got like leather at the bottom. Yeah, and like his colognes, nobody got those since. Mm-hmm. The store is beautiful. All the clothes is beautiful. And no music. Shirts no very sound, small, right, though. when you walk in. Yeah, no music. No music. It's like you a museum. Hear yourself breathe. <laughs> That's it. Have you uh, dabbled in fashion besides your Adidas collection? Yeah, so um, I would say, so I, I work with Valentino. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I worked with uh, Bape. That was my first collaboration. I did a... a I did my first album listening party at Bape, the Bape store. That's so cool. Yeah, that was a dream of mine because I couldn't afford Bape before I, like, I was making money. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was just enjoying getting free sneakers. I had did a, uh, I had my friend, my best friend, uh, draw a character of me mm-hmm. because I didn't want the Bape character that everybody be having. So you didn't I had, want that? No. Oh. I want, I want a, a custom uh-huh. me character yeah. that my friend Jay West drew. Um, he went to art school with me as well, and he also did the album cover. So, yeah, that was like amazing. So, Bape, I would have to say. Um, also, I worked with. Uh, I'm having like a brain fart right now. I like got custom stuff from Dap. Have you done your like own brand off. yet? Um, like your own Trap whole Lord. label. Yeah, yeah was, I, was that ever like a full clothing collection? Trap Lord was a collaboration with Bape. Um, okay. I did a whole line. It was like more like uh, it was a clothing line, mm-hmm. say like that. But I think that I know that I've grown to like I've outgrown it. I felt like mm. to a, to an extent because not the name per se, but just like the aesthetic of it. I understand. Yeah, I feel like um, it's kind of like Kanye and Post Pastel. I yes. feel like he had like he started Pastel. He was just like, oh, this shit is like. Five years ago, yeah, like, I'm off this, like, and that's why he shut it down so quick, and then like moved to Jesus, which is like God level to him. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the same thing. So like, I'm working with um, Devoni Lifestyle, uh-huh. 
Devoni Lifestyle is a home good line that I'm working on. It's like rugs made from Nepal mm-hmm. and like from scratch and like, you know, furniture and things like that. Yeah. Like I'm taking some of my art pieces that I created around the time my father died and like turning them into rugs. Yeah. Um, so if you look on my Instagram, there's a black and a neon green logo which says Devoni mm-hmm. and Devoni is my first brand that I ever started um, and me and my father like a day before he passed away we was talking about a name for the brand and I was like I researched his name called Devoni and, and he's like yo that's dope but like chop it in half so it'd be easier for people to say and so Devoni it comes from Devoni and Devoni is a time and era evolution it's like when one cell creatures walk the earth okay. and like fucking fish had legs and shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, they so say like that evolutionary the world country. started from these red rocks in Devon, England uh-huh. and shit like that. So I used to put like the red leather on the inside of the belts yeah. and like just uh, kind of just call them like different names of that time mm-hmm. of the animals and creatures and shit, like the belts that I used to make. Um but, it's yeah. interesting what you were saying about Trap Lord and how you sort of outgrew it because I think that's the bane of every creative is yeah. that your output can never match your aesthetic taste level. Think about that. Like, yeah, because as, we constantly getting and we constantly getting inspired. Exactly, and you're trying to make a clothing line, but clothing line takes two years to make. So by the time you've made it, you've advanced beyond it. But for me, I feel like Devoni is God level for me as far as like aesthetic and like. That's to me going back to like that's that's it's, going back, it's not it's advanced. Taken, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, not it's not it's been advanced. Right. From, it's, yeah, from where I started, I just never executed it. Yeah. Like to a certain extent I made belts and I got like Swiss Beast to buy ten belts. I had Chris Brown rocking the belts. I had like Diggy Simmons in an AT and T commercial with a Devoni T shirt on. This is all before I was making music. I thought I was just gonna be like this huge fashion designer. <laughs> And I've made it to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but like the music took on, and mm-hmm. like I got a bigger platform to yeah. express my 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 fashion idea, every ideas, idea. Yeah, every yeah. idea. So, um, what happened was like so. Fast forward, like Devoni, I went back and I and I I started working on my first brand, Devoni, because it was a dream of mine, and I'm turning it into a lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, home good home decor line where like I'm doing like leather goods, couches and things like that. It was started off with belts, but like I always dreamed of doing like I dreamed of doing like astronaut suits and shit like that. Like <laughs> I wanted to dope. design like shit for NASA. Yeah. Basically. That's dope. Ferg's story is a reminder that you are a product of your environment. When logo designs of Bad Boy and Uptown Records are around your home, and you're hand-pulling silk screens for everyone in town, and you're in the mix with Dapper Dan, a ceiling for creativity simply doesn't exist. This has helped develop that level of taste that he has for music. And like he said, it's never about the track, but it's about what he sees visually and stylistically when he's making music. There are some people who come into the game after realizing it's become hot so that they can cash in or get a piece of the pie. And then there are others who have had a deep appreciation for something, but just never obtained the blueprint to execute properly. Ferg is neither. He's on a different level all by himself. 
Nothing he's doing is actually brand new to him. He's been doing these things all his life, since he was a kid. It may be the first time you're noticing he's doing something, but it's not likely brand new to him. That's the difference with Ferg. It's hard with the money, though, isn't it? The investment on the dollars? Yeah, but I don't really feel it because I always, like, I've never really took, like, a huge investment for for my brand. Mm. My father always taught me to kind of, like, grind it out, make money, and, and, and just put your own money up for your, your own stuff. Yeah. Which may not always be the smart thing to do. Now I can kind of get partners and shit like that to, right. to get involved. But then you, you got to hear your partner's voices. Yeah. But also the partners, if, if they all understand your vision, then they, they know how important it is to keep your aesthetic right and to not hoard a brand out to make money. Because yeah. sometimes like your partners would be like, we need to do more shit like this. We need to add a big ass fucking design in the front for the people mm-hmm. that's like slow. Yeah, like, yeah we need like, to sell Macy's. Yeah, nah. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nah, it's the logo secret. Like, this is the vibe because <laughs> what's luxury if we finna like hold this shit out like a whack-ass brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what like, for me, Trap Law was becoming. It was becoming more of that and right. I'd rather preserve it and just do like little single pieces every now and then that represents Trap Law, the brand, but like, for the most part, I'm, I'm stepping into this new space of more artistic freedom. Mm-hmm. Do you find it hard to balance the money side of things with the artistic expression? Um, That's a real business question. You know what I mean? Like, Do you monitor the profits and losses, or are you all about the artistic vision? I would love to say I'm all about the artistic vision, but there is things that you have to do to like... And you have to understand in order to run a business. Exactly. Like there's things that like my manager have to sit down and tell me over and over <laughs> and over. Yeah. Dion be like, yo, but listen, trust me. Mm-hmm. Like this is the over. I, he sees outside of me. I only see what's in me. So like people don't get shit the way I get shit that quick. Like mm-hmm. I would assume that people get shit, but they don't be getting shit. They don't get shit until years later. Mm-hmm. Like. So I have to understand, like, when I put something out, it's not looking crazy or, like, looking like I'm lagging or whatever. Like, people is now, like, people still don't know what ASAP Ferg look like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going places. I'm meeting people. They're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was you. Like, <laughs> damn, I listen to that song all the time. So you got to give people time yeah. to, like, grasp things. My mind moves so fast, and I'm so creative, and I always want to put out new shit because, like, it's just fresh to me in my mind. Mm-hmm. But in all actuality, like, you need time for that shit to, like, flourish Spread. throughout the whole world. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you're also not the most, like, braggadocious dude out there. For sure. Like, you kind of are right. low-key so that you can't blame people when they're like, right. oh, you're behind this? You're doing yeah. that? But, I mean, I post it on Instagram, so I just be thinking, like, oh, they seen it. But. That's what I think, too. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like, in the streetwear game, I'm also Sit like- down, snap. <laughs> Have a seat. Oh, go ahead. Yo, he does this every interview I do. Like, when it's time to be quiet, you want to make the most noise with his white man voice. <laughs> um. No, I'm, I'm I'm feeling you because I'm also 
sort of humble and quiet. I don't really go out there with all my info. Yeah, I'm like I'm like an artist. Like I, I I don't care about being like corny and like yo. This is what my manager tells me. Yo, you gotta tell people this is what you're doing, yeah. and you gotta be like I'm not DJ Khaled when it comes to promoting shit. I'm not like I'm He's just a master. Yeah, like I really gotta be feeling like that. I'm not finna be like like living my life for a business type mm-hmm. shit. Like. I'm really living life. I really be out here in these streets. I really walk around. I really be fucking with people. I really like do shit. So if you see me on Instagram, I'm doing shit. I'm snapping on people. Like I snapped on your Pakistani friend's shoes because that shit was really funny to me. Right. Like I'm not doing this shit because like, I'm fu- trying yeah. to like fucking like go viral or go viral. Shit. <laughs> I could care less about that shit because I got hit records doing what I'm doing. I'm getting jiggy doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not finna do no shit that's gonna make me look stupid. Cause I don't look stupid. I'm that nigga. So like, yeah. I'm just gonna be that nigga. Right. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, then you won't. You'll get it later. Uh huh. You'll get it later. Yeah. Right. Four years. <laughs> like probably ten years later. <laughs> Yo, how's the music game right now in terms of business? Can can a musician still make real money just doing music? Yeah, but it's like why when there's so much <laughs> other things that. You can do. Right. Like, I'm seeing Dave East moves and it's like, he's on some LL shit right now. Mm-hmm. He's making movies and shit. I think that's his career path. Like, I think he's about to just be making wild movies. Like, on some ice Once you get shit. a taste of that bread, your mind start changing and you start meeting different people and some things become less important. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I looked at your bank account right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing eyebrows. No, if I looked at your bank account right now, what percentage of that comes from purely making music? Fifty? Mm. Ten? Well, music starts it all. I see what you mean. You're not getting Tiffany. I'm only without... getting this shit because I'm a rapper. Okay, so but aside from that, what percentage is coming from Spotify? Coming from Apple Music? Coming from the label? <sighs> Very shorts. It's 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 not like it's shorts in the term of like I'm getting so much corporate money. Yeah. Outside of like just the streaming platforms mm-hmm. and stuff that like it's a very it's not yeah. it's not a huge portion. And noted that the music is what fuels everything else. So you need For the sure. music. Yeah. But yeah. I've heard from other musicians that the Spotify check is like the tip jar at a at a bar. <laughs> like that's like you don't even count that. Yeah, is it that bad? I mean, I'm a I'm a three platinum artist, yeah. plain Jane record record. Yeah, All yeah. my singles is like platinum, and still it's not something to like write. No, home it's about. something. Shit, that pocket change add up. <laughs> okay, good. That tip jar turns into houses. <laughs> okay, that, a tip a tip jar for me is a house. Lovely, love it. <laughs> Now I'm going to talk my shit. <laughs> a tip job for me is a Lamborghini chain. Yeah. All right. From Ben Bola. That's a tip job. <laughs> Add that uh, up. He done said some numbers. All right. Life is good. Um, let's talk about some financial things, all right? Let's talk about your tip job. My tip job? Yeah. <laughs> Flip it You're on You're getting me. a lot of paper, man. <laughs> no, the property's the way, isn't it? Real estate. It is. I just brought a house. Yeah? Yeah, I brought a house in Jersey. For yourself? Yeah, for myself. I brought a house for my mom four or five years ago. 
I just ain't want to move from Harlem because I wanted kids to see me in Harlem. So, like, I, I used to grow up. When I grew up, I seen, like, Jim Jones on 145th in Amsterdam. I seen, like, Cameron on 40th in Lenox. I seen Jewel's Uptown on 151st. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, and these dudes was rich and they was doing their thing and they brought out nice cars. They always dressed nice. They brought all the females out. Mm-hmm. And you like that, that you I love still that. The they hood, was yeah. accessible. Right. Like they was talking shit. They was rolling dice, shooting videos in the neighborhood. I love that. So, so I, why I, did you I, buy I the house down, in Jersey? Because I wanted to see physically where my money was going. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, you know, it was an investment, mm-hmm. one. And two, like I also wanted to meet new people. Like right. I grew up in Harlem and then I got rich and I stayed in Harlem. So I'm still mingling with the same people. I want to, I want to expand my horizons. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to go jog and bump into somebody who owns something and do something for somebody. And, yeah, you know, or just bump into a normal like doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, and have conversations and sit at their dinner tables and have wine and stuff with, you know, them. Does that happen? Yes, I sit at my neighbors' tables all the time. <laughs> like I know all my them. neighbors, like off rip, like because I wasn't home for a while. I had my, like my aunt; she would come over, check on the house, you know, do her stuff. But like when I came back from like traveling and stuff, I finally got a chance to meet all my neighbors and stuff. And they was leaving like gifts and presents and <laughs> welcome me into the neighborhood. Uh-huh. So I would go back. I would give them presents and talk to them and write them letters and stuff, and meet their family and. That's dope, man. See what's up. So when you can't get in touch with Ferg, he's having wine with the doctor next door. For sure. <laughs> um, I heard you say recently in the interview that you want to start working smarter versus harder. For sure. So you were like grinding for a very long time. Yeah, it burnt me out a little bit. Like, man, it's so much that I come with. Like, it's a blessing. To get the work, right? It's a blessing yeah. to get all of this work. And I thank God every single day, every moment. My grace turned into a full-on prayer when I'm praying over my food because <laughs> like, I just start thanking God for everything I have. Yeah, But it's like, it's so much. It's so much to do. It's like, it's a machine. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Like now I have, I have a team of like, probably 50 people on payroll that's working with me yeah not paid by the label you're turn like on no, your team yes on my team whoa yes like it's it takes a lot to to run a brand my immediate team that i travel with probably yeah. is like four people i travel mm-hmm. with yeah every time but I the whole anywhere. operation and i'm uh, like i gotta pay for food i gotta pay for hotel yeah every room every uber yeah every uber so account all of that, mm-hmm. just four people. Um, you might get some benefits. Some people get benefits. Mm-hmm. And you're only getting benefits if you work construction or some shit. Like, yeah. Rappers ain't giving no benefits <laughs> to their employees right. and shit. I'm just extra nice. Um, <laughs> Damn, man. It's a corporation. Come work for Ferg. <laughs> great benefits. Great benefits. <laughs> Paid yeah. lunches. Yeah, it's a lot though. So like when you when you get sick, you can't really afford to get sick. Um mm. when you want to do like when you need a, a second to breathe, it's like everybody's pushing you because it's like, all right, what are they gonna do to eat? Yeah. If you're not if you don't got other things in place. And that's why I think it's so important to have 
all of these other entities mm-hmm. are part of your brand because it's like when I was getting burnt out from like doing a million shows since I started, I was like, damn, how can I do less and, and still make money or make more money? Yeah. And I started working smarter and not harder, like yeah. more corporate gigs, um, more uh, less like traveling so much and just trying to figure out how I could just get more from like being stationary or like, you know, how can we make the merch go crazy? How can mm-hmm. we, um, how can we get more deals? How can we do this? Yeah. Make money and, while you sleep. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, and and that keeps all your employees working. Mm-hmm. Um, keeps you making money while you sleep. Yeah, which we all would love to do. Um, and it also kept me relevant when I didn't put music out for damn near a year, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put out features and you know, but I haven't put out like my own songs in yeah. a long time. Plain Jane is probably like a year and a half, two years old. People feel like it's new. It feels new. It feels new, but it's not new. It's just that you never stop seeing my face because like <laughs> I'm doing ads for Alexander Wang. I worked with Alexander Wang before. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm doing stuff with Valentino. I'm doing stuff with so-and-so. I'm doing so. so that's where that stuff comes into handy. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's when, dope. Yeah, when you need... It's working smarter and not harder. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's funny what you said about Blaine Jane because me and my wife, we share a Spotify account because I'm cheap. <laughs> I don't even have Spotify. Is that so, crazy? I, we have one Spotify account for the household, right? And all of a sudden, one day, Plain Jane showed up at the top as like, it just got added. And it wasn't, I was like, why did you add Plain Jane all of a sudden? It's already like, wow. it's already been played. She's like, oh, I just heard the song. That's this so is like fire. a month ago. That's so fire. <laughs> People still getting hip to it. Like, yeah. It's reaching different demographics. And not the remix, the original. Yeah. It's dope. Like, my friend just asked me if I wanted to do, like, the Wendy Williams show. Like, I, if I did her show, I would have a whole nother type of yep. demographic, and my streams would go higher, because, like, yes, like, I'm saying suck a nigga dick or something, but they would hear, hear the way I'm talking and my intellect, and they would... They people people respect that, and older people can get with that. So they're like, "Let me listen to this guy music." Yeah, and then they'll find out that their kids actually fuck with my shit, and they're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Now I'm in the household with the grandma, the ma, the yep. everything. And then and then more ben, ben Baller gets fifty more phone calls, fifty Negative. more orders. <laughs> ben Baller need to he need to give me something for free, right? For sure. No, I'm saying every time the music plays, he gets a call from somebody because they just heard it. Yeah, he you need like, a royalty. No, I need a royalty you, you need off the slippers he got uh, <laughs> that he's selling. It says Ben Baller did the uh, chain. Yeah, on the slippers. There's some copyright infringement. Yeah, for sure. Ben, what's ben, up? What's up? <laughs> he was on the show once. Oh, word. Yeah, he did an episode. I love Ben, but for sure, I definitely he done made a, probably a million dollars off them slippers. I need peace. <laughs> PC. You know, we joke around here a lot about how Ferg is chilling with doctors and stuff, but that's probably some of the most important lessons in this whole episode, diversifying your circle. Now, this might be jobs, affiliations, industries, even just where people come from, but the diversity in the company you keep only exposes you to different global perspectives. You can have your own personal outlook at the core but it only helps to be mindful of how others think and approach situations. Personally, this just helps round out your worldview. You can pressure check ideas that you may need to take a step back on 
and really define what you want to do. So for example, if certain people can't understand your idea off an elevator pitch, then you might need to make that decision of either foregoing that demographic or going back to the drawing board to perfect it. This strategy can also turn into different opportunities. Just as much as Ferg isn't only a rapper, his brand as an artist has opened him up to so many different partnerships. So diversifying who you communicate with can help you diversify your checkbook too. Ask anyone, especially in the creative industry or the music industry. The best model to work under is multiple streams of revenue. It's not harder, it's smarter. And in this day and age, it's a damn near necessity. So keep your interests open, keep your connections open, and opportunities will undoubtedly come knocking. What is a uh, what's the obsession with BMX biking? Well, I've never been like a sports player. Mm-hmm. I've tried basketball. Um, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I got beat by a girl once. <laughs> like right. the hand to eye. I, sh- I shot so at great. the wrong um, hoop one uh-huh. time. I was playing this game and like <laughs> I ran to the opposite like hoop and like try to like shoot it. I missed it, but like the other team was like, "Thank you," and I'm like nodding like. Don't even mention it like it's lit. Like not understanding it. Not even understanding the game. <laughs> so I was just like, man, like, because my father put me into basketball, but I was really, I was riding my bike to to my basketball um, practice. So I just found myself into the bike more. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how I just was like, after I got beat by the girl, shout out to her. She probably don't even know, like, it's me talking to her. <laughs> but like, shout You'll out never to forget, you. Yeah. Like, you you push me forward in the direction I'm in now, and uh-huh. now I got my own bike with Redline. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so talk she, about that. She beat me in basketball, right. and then I just said, "Fuck basketball. <laughs> I'm not shooting no hoops." So talk about this collaboration with Redline, because Redline, for those who don't know, is like the OG BMX company. Yeah. So Redline, like I grew up, like I owned a, a GT bike. I, I owned the Redline bike. I owned a, a mongoose. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Redline used to have some of the craziest frames and some of the best technology back in the days for brakes and things like that. Like, for me, it was a dream to work with Redline mm-hmm. and, and create my own bike. But I was trying to create my own bike about five, six years ago. Your own bike from scratch? Yeah, my own bike. I had linked up with this dude that um got Bulldog Bikes. I'm not sure if you heard of it. But um, we was talking about making my own frame and doing things. Shout-outs to him for even sitting down with me and, and trying to make something happen. But something didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And um, later on down the line, my my homegirl, Trikala, from, uh, she used to work with, uh, she used to work with uh, G-Star okay. and Pharrell. Mm-hmm. So you know Pharrell, uh, he has like Big the whole bikes. G-Star thing going and on. And bikes. Yeah, and yeah. bikes too as well. So that was my connection to her. Like I was in the studio with Pharrell one time and, he introduced me to her to do some G-Star stuff, but she wound up not working with G-Star no more and signing on with Redline. Mm-hmm. I was the first person she called. She works at Redline? Yes, she works. Oh, she wow. works with Redline. Small world. Yeah. How did that deal transpire? Like, she calls you and she's like, do you want to do a Redline? For sure. That's it? I mean, we had the conversation in the studio. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen her a few times. Probably like the second, third time I've seen her because... Um, we was just talking. She knew I was into bikes already. And she 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 kind of knew already I would want to do that. So yeah, yeah. she was just like, yo, what do you think about this? And 
she we just wrote up the deal and it was dope. Nice. Yeah. Was it good working with them? Great working with Redline. I'm still working with them. Stadium Goods was amazing. I heard somebody came and brought five bikes one day, so I can only imagine what it's doing now. Like it's probably like it's been like uh two weeks since yeah. we had the event. All right, so you already listed off almost all the brands I think you got going on. Revlon. Revlon, Revlon Tiffany. Tiffany. Hennessy. Hennessy. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Hennessy. You mentioned Hennessy. I want, I didn't, we didn't talk about it. Okay, we didn't talk about it. You want to talk about that? I mean, whatever you want to talk about. I want to talk about Adidas. Okay, let's talk about Adidas. How did Adidas happen? Who called who? So Adidas happened because uh, I originally met the people with Rocky. Mm-hmm. Rocky had uh, a Adidas deal early on. Yeah, he, I don't remember that. I don't know if he had a Adidas deal, but I know he had a sneaker with Jeremy Scott. Okay. The that, wings. That sounds familiar. The yes, all black. Yeah. Damn, and, this um, goes way back. Yeah, way back. Okay. So this is how long I've been in bed with Adidas. Okay. And this is how they plot. This is how these big companies get the good stuff. Yeah. So they they watched me come up from then. I would like I was smart. I would go to all the meetings with Rocky. Mm-hmm. I'd just be a fly on the wall. Yeah, just listen. I'd be listening to what's going on, how you you know how you gotta move, all of that. And um they started like taking interest in me and I did like a few early on things for them. Mm-hmm. Like we had uh they flew me out to Moscow, Russia, mm-hmm. had a Adidas event out there. One of the first events was um in New York where it was like this crazy like dungeon looking type spot. It was dope though. And I, I did a performance there. Okay. So they do like these they they do like these programs and these things for like up and coming artists. That's why I love Adidas, mm-hmm. and they give them like they just give them a a, a a platform. Yeah, yeah. So at first it was like come out to these events, do some performances. Yeah, we'll they see test you shoes. out. Yeah, see okay. How, how you work with okay. the brand. And then when did the call happen where they were like, "Do you want to fuck around with shoes?" Um. I would have to say probably about four years ago. And who who made that call? They made the call to me. Like, but I mean, uh, like, who there? <laughs> Can you? Oh, say? I mean, Wex. It was Wex, of course. Okay. Like he he you know he put his soldiers out to to come get me. But <laughs> like, um, I work closely with Drake. Which uh, Drake? Well, not Drake the rapper, of course, but Drake <laughs> at Adidas. Shout out to him. Okay. He um he takes care of me. He does like a lot of my day to day. He handles a, like a lot of the entertainers that yeah. come to Adidas. Yeah, Wex is really the puppet master of what's happening over yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I have a really good relationship with, with Wex. He mm-hmm. sent me like all the Yeezys early on, mm-hmm. and like um they sent me all like the fly shit, all of the good stuff. Um, yeah, like and and I and they're like so cool and so like. They are rock stars at what they do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I was just a small fry coming up, like they they just embraced me. Yeah. And they took me in and they showed me things and I had a lot of questions. They had a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. And that's why I appreciate Adidas. You been to the Germany headquarters? Not yet. Oh, you got to go to the archive. Yeah. I told them that I, I just told Wex that I wanted to do that. Oh, yeah. Because I, I want to start designing my next collection with Adidas. There is nothing like collaborations that are born through real passion. 
It's a natural connection that brings a deeper meaning to what's being created and what's being rolled out. And when that happens, both parties are fully invested, which makes it hard for it to be a flop. With all of FERC's partnerships, yes, there's always the bag to get. But there's always that connection, whether it be love for the brand like Redline, personal aspiration, or newfound self-care that makes sense. Ferg and Adidas grew through a growing appreciation for each other. They started putting him on, giving him a shot, and that grew into mutual respect. You hear about big names signing endorsement deals based off their name all the time, but rarely do you hear about someone growing right alongside with a brand. And by the way, shout out to John Wexler. If you haven't listened to The Business of Hype Season 4, we have an episode with Wex. I highly suggest you do listen to it after this. And if you don't know, he is the vice president of global entertainment and influencer marketing for Adidas and the one who famously connects some of the biggest creatives like Kanye and Pharrell over to the Three Stripes brand. Out of curiosity, are you working with a particular company soon? Yes. Okay. Because I'm working with a particular company. And they told you something? Well, I, for our launch... I said, and you didn't know this yet, but I was like, I would love if Ferg helped us with our launch. And they were like, this should probably be off the record, but, <laughs> but they were like, no, nah, Ferg has something coming out with us right around that same time. So it might be a conflict. I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, for sure. I would love to do something with you, though. For sure. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you can figure but it you out. haven't even announced this yet. Nah, it's okay. not. I got the samples in my house. You still I, I look it? at you them. excited? It's, what? We gotta this share. Shit. We gotta share sample photos. Oh, let's do it! I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need. I want to know your input on it. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. All right. Breaking news. We didn't name the name. Could be anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Could I don't. Be any. I, because we're still working out paperwork and stuff. So oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, with all the stuff you have going on, and I don't know what all the fifty people you mentioned do, but did you ever think about? I say it's fifty, but it's probably more people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Do you call it a creative agency that you have? You can say that. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many projects going on, creative yeah. projects. Yeah. I, I, I soon want to like, lend a hand to like, you know, new artists. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a new artist named Antha, and like, I'm helping her with her creatives and things like that. Oh, so dope. I want to do that for artists. Because like, some artists is just, you know, I have a lot of ideas for a lot of people. Other like, other could, artists. Yeah, I could look at an artist and I'd be like, oh, I see what you're doing. Are you doing the whole Missy thing? You, so you need this video. You need this director. You need this. You need... So I can kind of package and put that together for artists. I always had a talent with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's dope. You got yeah. a little company going. For sure. It's, it's, a, it's a real company, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what I've been doing to like for my career mm-hmm. the, this whole time. Like I've been hands-on with style and work with certain people that and got certain results like quasi casey is like my my homie like that like lent me clothes when i couldn't afford to go out and buy clothes and he styles me and different things i come up with ideas and bounce things i'm like all right i want to do 80s all right i want to do um latino drug dealer dominican drug dealer lulu like this is what we're doing like and he go out and he find like different pieces and i come up with references and because there's a whole team that helps me be me. Yeah. It ain't just like I wake up and I'm thinking about all of this shit. Like, because if I had to, I'd drive myself crazy. Right. Yeah. It, but then you got to learn to delegate too. 
That's what I'm talking about. Quasi, yeah. he delegates the clothing aspect for me because right. I said, yo, Quaz, I need a Gucci polo. Yeah, but before like, that, that would have been you hunting it down yourself. Exactly, and I don't got time to do that because I just came from another interview. But when I came here to see you, Quaz was there with the yeah. fresh ups, Yep, Gucci Fendi polo, hat. Fendi hat. Yeah, I brought the Fendi hat from home. So, so what's, what's goals for you now? What's next? Goals for me is like breaking other artists, doing creatives mm. for um, other people. And showing like a lot more of um, other mediums that I work with as far as art. Because like, a lot of people, for some reason, they only look at me as a rapper. And I know a lot of rappers don't want to be rappers. They want to do whatever. Like basketball players want to be rappers. Rappers want to be ballers. Yep. And like rap, I don't just rap. I do art and I do this, but I really, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Like you could look at Google and see Devoni, like type in D-E-V-O-N-I mm -hmm. and see like, oh shit, this nigga was really like creating shit. Like I really had a denim brand and went to denim school for like three days nine or five with a goldie and sleeping in fucking with factories a and shit a goldie like really a -Goldie. i know a goldie yeah. yeah 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 i designed my own jean collection with them wow yeah damn then this is just shit that like i feel like goes unnoticed sometimes yeah. and that's why i do things like this i didn't even know you painted yeah that's yeah that's crazy to me because it's like that's what i started off doing right like i like so you know black ink gallery the show yeah yeah like before it was like People fighting and shit and going crazy on that show. Yeah, like, it was a real... <laughs> as, yeah, it was a gallery uh -huh. that people actually put artwork in Yeah, and things. That was like one of the places I got, first got my tattoo. One of the first tattoos. And I had an art show in Black Ink. Wow. You can Google that. You can YouTube and you can find it and find it. Like, people just like to pigeonhole people into like, you're a rapper, just rap. You Even if you're the illest painter, like you can't be that good because you're yeah, a good rapper. It was like Miles Davis used to paint. And I love his work as well. Like Marilyn Manson painted yeah. fire artwork. Wow. But it's like you love him for being Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And you can't possibly love someone for two things. Right. So I get it. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it is what it is. And I think that's what drive Kanye nuts. It's like yes. he's a fucking great yeah. performer. And like when fashion was like trying to shut him out and he started calling all of these people out, I think it was because he was not trying to be stuck in a box. I know. Yeah. And that's that's what we struggle with as an artist that's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. The way we are, we have a lot of knowledge on everything. Like I could sit here and talk to you about a Francis Bacon, mm -hmm. a, a, a Lichtenstein. A, yeah. Like I could talk to you about Picasso, Matisse, and all of the masters and cars and uh, Jeff Coons and De Kooning and all of these different people. But at the end of the day, they like, all right, nigga, make us dance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So it's yeah, like that's cool, but make us dance. Yeah, yeah like we want to dance. Uh, the girls want to twerk, and yeah. like, all right, we understand that you're conscious and you know about things, and right, okay, but we love your voice the way it is. Yeah. So did you go to Kanye's show when it was out at Roosevelt Island? You know that? Outdoor? Yeah, I was there. You okay? So I was there too. And you when them girls was passing. Out. Yes. So it was a bit of a disaster, right? A right. little bit. Yeah. But he showed the show. And the press was like really hard on him. Like for killing that him, yeah. yeah, killing him. But he had just sold out two nights at MSG, like literally the two nights before that. Right. And I was just thinking, yeah, okay. Kanye is the fucking man. Like, yeah, okay, he Kanye had some trouble with the show. 
who else fucking performed MSG and sold out two nights in a row? He's a fucking man. He's breaking fucking barriers and shit. Like, I remember an interview, he was talking about like rainbows and shit. Like, I finna wear a rainbow every day. Like, this is like when everybody was scared to wear rainbows and shit. Like, because yeah. you're gonna be called gay and shit. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was breaking barriers then. Yeah. Like, he was breaking barriers with the pink polo. Mm-hmm. He was breaking barriers with like every fucking yeah, thing. Blessing Murakami and shit. Yeah, like Murakami. Like, no one fucked the like fucking yeah. breaking boundaries with Talib Kweli and and Jay Z. Yeah, like it's ill. Yeah, like yeah, like Kanye is a fucking man. Shout what do you think Jay. about Virgil he be tripping now? Sometimes. Yeah, he is, but you know. Yeah, but like he got his own reasons, I guess. But like, shout out to Ye for being a pioneer and a lot of things, and he might not get a lot of the credit that he deserves. You know, nobody gets all the credit they deserve while they're still alive. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just here to, like, give it to him now. Like, you you are a genius, Kanye. And Pharrell is a genius, too. Yes. What are your thoughts now on Virgil at LV? Is that is that just ridiculous to you, or you saw it coming? Damn, why would you say ridiculous? Because some people think it's unbelievable. I even, I think Virgil thinks it's unbelievable. Probably to a certain extent, but he I think that Virgil is so like Virgil is a is a incredible guy too, like an mm-hmm. incredible creative. Mm-hmm. And like he can foresee things. He has vision. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure he's seen it. It's just like the fact I never seen a I you know what? I as a kid, I thought I was tripping because like I'm a heterosexual man watching fashion. Shows yeah. at the crib, right? All your and friends are like, "What the fuck you watching?" But not really. Like my friends just always knew that I was ahead of the curb. So and they like, "Oh, this is some jiggy shit." Like, let's just get up on it. Why? Like before it's too late. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of people in my hood, just is like, "Damn, you look weird." Like, mm-hmm. yo, like them girls you walk into the hood with. Oh, she can't like him with them skinny jeans on or like, oh, that's his friend. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? She like, we used to fight because of that shit. Because of skinny, how skinny your jeans were? Yeah. <laughs> or like somebody like, oh, them niggas look gay. Like, uh-huh. and we're, what? And like, so it was hard for me to fathom that like there was going to be a heterosexual man that was going to be ahead of fashion, let alone a black man, mm-hmm. which is Virgil. Yeah. So- when he became the the lead guy for you know LV, that man, that shit, I posted him. That shit almost made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like all of that shit because that's like you know, a kid com- coming up like into fashion and all of that shit is that shit is like what? Like wow! Like it happened it, in my generation, in my lifetime. Yeah, it happened. I know. In my lifetime, like I'm going to die and be like wow, like. A person of color virgin, led LV. Like, did that shit. Yeah. Like, did you go to that first row, that show, that runway show? The per- I didn't. I didn't make it because I was, you know, with these fashion brands, is so fucking finicky because Valentino flew me out. So, like, I had to do all this Valentino stuff. I heard. I heard yeah. if they fly you out, they actually tell you, like, well, Don't they can't to- tell me shit. <laughs> they ask. One, they ask. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it'd be in your contracts and shit that you can't. Go to other shit. So I watched it like on um, stream. Okay. Yeah, I streamed it and I was FaceTiming friends that was there and shit. It's amazing. I seen Nas walk in it. Nas uh-huh. had walked in it. Um, I seen Skep there. I seen Rocky pulled up. 
like all my friends was there, so I was there in spirit. That moment, I, I just when, had to represent at Valentine's. Of course, yeah. yeah. That, but that moment when Kanye got up and and hugged him, and they were like, "Yeah, I could have cried yeah. right there. I could have cried right there for sure." Because I know, like, I don't know too much of their personal business, but I know, like, it's a, it was a lot of emotions within. Yeah, good and bad, like just yeah. juxtaposed emotions. It was just a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah for nothing sure. is bad though. Nothing is bad because you can always create good. Mm-hmm. Because like a mistake is only made for you to do better. I think we ended right there. Damn, that was nice. <laughs> that was great, man. Good looking out, man. Thank you very much. Staple. Yes, sir. Yo, thank you for listening to this episode with the king of New York, ASAP Ferg. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I personally use Anchor FM. And also, please leave a comment, share the show, tell a friend about it. It definitely helps out a lot. We also occasionally answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, shoot it over on Twitter. And this is season five. We go on break for a few weeks and come back with season six strong. Let us know who you want to hear on the show. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jeff Staple. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You should check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Nevetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers-Berry. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpera and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio and on location at the Staple Design Headquarters in New York City. I'm Jeff Staple. You've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hypebeast Radio. Radio.